The Church of Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut, welcomes you to this broadcast of Shi'ar Jeshub. Hi, I'm Patty Scalzo, and I hope you join us as my husband, Pastor Greg Scalzo, continues his study on heavenly authority. Pastor is currently in 1 Kings chapter 2. Solomon has been anointed as king. His father David is dead. And Adonijah, who was shown mercy by Solomon after his attempt to usurp the throne of their father, is still plotting to take over the kingship. His plot centers on Abishag, the young woman who cared for David. And he goes to Solomon's mother, Bathsheba, and asks her to speak to the king and request that he give Abishag to Adonijah as wife. And Bathsheba agrees. When we left off, Pastor Greg was attempting to determine just what Bathsheba's motives were in this odd intervention. I should note that this heavenly authority sermon was delivered on Mother's Day. Always remember that you can find us on the web at www.shiarjashub.org for serious Bible study that glorifies our Lord Jesus. Here now is Pastor Greg Scalzo with the conclusion of the Sunday message. So if it's not total ignorance, if she's not so naive, she understands the politics, she understands if Adonijah is king, they're in a lot of trouble. If the idea that she's soft-hearted doesn't totally work, Again, we have to ask ourselves, why? Why does she say yes to Adonijah? Very well, I will speak for you to the king. I think something else is at work here. And I think it's Abishag. She's the one that took care of old David. She's young and lovely the way Bathsheba used to be. And Solomon, her son, loves her. And maybe Bathsheba doesn't like this choice. She knows what's going to happen. She figures Solomon's going to marry her. And maybe she doesn't like this choice for her son. And she wants to interfere a little. And maybe Bathsheba, figuring Solomon has the throne all lined up, not recognizing Adonijah's plan, maybe she thinks she's using Adonijah to get rid of Abishag, from her son's life. I think that explains it a little better. She doesn't like Abishag for Solomon. So great, you take Adonijah and I'll ask the king for you. You know, ladies, all of human history is filled with the accounts of many well-meaning mothers who follow their hearts by meddling in their grown children's lives. The comedy of Marie Barone with her sons Raymond and Robert is so successful because it touches a universal, common experience shared by many families. Everyone knows of someone like Marie Barone. But in reality, it's not always so funny, right? It's funny on the program, it's not so funny in real life. As parents with children given to us to train by God, there are times to intervene and speak, and even when they're grown, even when they have their own families, we still have the duty as the elder ones in Christ to give some recommendation, some instruction, 
some correction. But it's not according to our own hearts or our own wishes, our likes or dislikes in the natural. It should be only according to what is right in God's sight. If we speak his words to our children in guidance to seek his will for them, God's favor is upon it. But if we speak our longings, if we project our will, then we're in danger of meddling and of being troublemakers. And how many marriages have been irrevocably harmed by such, such troublemakers, mothers, fathers, mother-in-laws, father-in-laws, insensitive to that new growing family and God's holy command that what he has joined together, let no man separate. And God bless all you mothers and parents who are long-suffering, who try to be understanding, who try to be considerate, who often feel as if you're walking on eggshells because you are concerned that all goes well for your children and that they walk in the Lord's ways. God bless you for your selflessness and your sacrifice and your wisdom. 1 Kings 2.19 Bathsheba therefore went to King Solomon to speak to him for Adonijah. And the king rose up to meet her and bowed down to her and sat down on his throne and had a throne set for the king's mother. So she sat at his right hand. Solomon treats his mother with proper respect. He honors his mother according to the commandment of Moses. He bows before her. Even though he's king, he gives honor to this woman who's his mother. He gives her a seat of honor at his right hand. And there's a Mother's Day sermon right in that. Verse 20, Then she said, I desire one small petition of you. Do not refuse me. And the king said to her, Ask it, my mother, for I will not refuse you. He loves her. He desires to comply with her wishes. And you think of Jesus at Cana, right? When at the wishes of Mary, he takes and does his first public miracle and changes the water to the wine at his mother's request. One small petition, one small petition, do not refuse me, a mother's weapons poorly displayed by Bathsheba. Ask it, my mother, for I will not refuse you. He doesn't know what's coming. Verse 21, so she said, Let Abishag the Shunammite be given to Adonijah, your brother, as wife. And King Solomon answered and said to his mother, Now why do you ask Abishag the Shunammite for Adonijah? He's asked, why do you ask this? Ask for him the kingdom also, for he is my older brother, for him and for Abiathar the priest, and for Joab the son of Zeruiah. Then King Solomon swore by the Lord, saying, May God do so to me, and more also, if Adonijah has not spoken this word against his own life. Now therefore, 
as the Lord lives who has confirmed me and set me on the throne of David my father and who has established a house for me as he promised, Adonijah shall be put to death today. So King Solomon sent by the hand of Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, and he struck him down and he died. It ends badly for Adonijah. And Abiathar the priest is exiled and Joab is also put to death and their scheme ends in vanity. Solomon's wisdom, even though he's 20 years old, is clearly seen here. He sees it right away, this plot, and Anijah can say he's older. Right away he has one hand for the common mass. And remember, the king rules only as long as the people go along with it. In the natural sense, apart from God, that's the way it works. If the mob turns against you, David had to flee Jerusalem, right? He's older. Now you're going to give him one of what the people might think is David's harem. And we know the pagan thought quickly Without hesitation, Solomon sizes it all up. Why do you ask this? Why not just ask for the kingdom and hand it to him? And remember, he told Adonijah, if he shows himself worthy, he'll live. But Adonijah shows himself evil, and so there's no hesitation. He makes a decree, he gives a command, and he has his rebellious brother, who's still looking to grab the throne, put to death. And her meddling, her intervening is not so funny. It's not so comical that she followed her own heart and she meddled where she should not have in her son's affair. And she played on his love as a son. Whatever you ask, mother, I'll give you the request. Not so funny. People are hurt. The kingdom could have suffered that which God had planned. And Solomon makes it clear why he's doing this, right? He says, as the Lord lives, who has confirmed me and set me on the throne of David, my father, and who has established a house for me. Remember, this house is the kingdom of David. This is a foundation for the Messianic kingdom. This is no small thing. And a whimsical, unthought out, you know, she didn't think much years ago when she got on that porch as a young woman and bathed in the sight of the king. And she's not thinking very much now as an old woman when she seeks to get her son to do something that's not right, maybe for her own desires. And because she doesn't quite clearly see the scheme or the trap, what can possibly come out of it? Solomon knows the dangers. He sees the dominoes falling. She doesn't see it. And all she sees is her own desires, what she wants. And it's not very funny. Mothers, this Mother's Day, let's pray that God anoints you with great wisdom to know when to speak and when to keep still. When to intervene as a Christian woman face to face directly and when to intervene only prayerfully in the secret of your room. To discern and divide fleshly wishes from God's righteous will and to always have strength to proclaim, Heavenly Father, in my children's lives, let your will be done. Father, we pray this. We pray for the ladies this morning and for the fathers also. Father's Day is quickly approaching. 
that as we grow old in you, Lord God, that we be the parents that the New Testament tells us in the epistles we should be to give clear instructions to teach the young women the righteousness of the Lord, how to raise their families the proper way, the right way. And Father, to grow old in wisdom, let the gray hairs declare that we know the wisdom of God, that we have the righteousness of God, that we've learned the lessons of life, and that we've done away with silliness, and we've done away with selfishness, and we've done away with trying to manipulate to get things our own way. Heavenly Father, let them be a diadem upon our head to say these are wise people in the Lord, as opposed to being declarations of year upon year and decade upon decade of silliness magnifying and perverting the commandment to honor your father and mother by making requests that are just not of you and placing guilt upon children that should not be there. Father God, instruct us, correct us, help us to be that solid foundation help the moms and the dads when their children are small and as their children are grown up and adults to be that lighthouse that watchtower that foundation that sure rock they know will always give them the advice not of their own flesh but of God as we have in the scriptures confirmed by the life of our Lord Jesus revealed by the Holy Spirit. We thank you, Father, for that strength of character that's needed in parents today. In Christ Jesus' name, amen and amen. Join Pastor Greg on the web for serious Bible study. The address is www.shiarjashub.org.